The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Have you ever watched a sporting event on TV like a a marathon or a big race and when the runners cross the finish line or the, the cars go past that checkered flag, there's just something triumphant about it. There's something kind of moving to see an athlete that's poured himself out and finishes the contest set before him. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland and Bert Harper here, and we're coming to you from the studios of the American Family Radio Network, and we're going to read a scripture in a minute, 1 Peter 5.10, and we're going to talk about uh, something that really touches all of our lives, uh, the journey, the future, the race, uh, the Christian life, and finishing well. Bert, uh, it's so good to be with you, brother, and I'm excited about talking about a subject that I really do think it behooves all of us to put our mind to and think about. Me as well, Alex, and one of our favorite men that we talk about, quote, quite often, Vance Havener, preached a message similar to this. He called it Home Before Dark. Okay. And it was about finishing well. And he was talking in the introduction when he would preach it about those that had not finished well. Mm. They had been uh, like Demas, loved the present world got discouraged and went home like John Mark. Mm-hmm. And so there's different wells. Although John Mark was restored, yeah. we don't know about Demas. That was later the last part of Second Timothy. So uh, right now is the time to prepare, you yeah. know, to finish Amen. well. And uh, home before dark, what he meant by that, he, when he was a young preacher there in North Carolina, yeah. your home state, yeah. uh, his dad, he was a preacher boy. His dad would take him to a train and uh, he would go and get on that train and go to a certain stop, and there'd be someone there from the church, and they would pick him up and take him to his preaching point. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he would get on a train and come back home. His dad would pick him back up. This is where he, you know, he could drive. He's just a young boy. But his dad said, son, come home before dark. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he That's used a great that as metaphor. an illustration, said, before I bring embarrassment to, to my Lord, I'd rather him take me out. I remember him saying that well, and he said, I don't want him to take me out, so I want to finish well. Amen. So let's finish well. That's our encouragement. That's what we want to do today. Exactly. You know, just in the last month uh, back in North Carolina, my home state, um, I think about a couple of people, uh, Pastor Johnny Henderson, who um, for probably 50 years around North Carolina um was a pastor. He was involved in something called the Christian Action League that was part of the North Carolina Baptist Association, but it was very much like AFA, standing for a family, standing for godly values, standing for the Constitution. And, you know, he might not be as well known as Chuck Colson or James Dobson, but Johnny Henderson faithfully, faithfully served the Lord raised three wonderful kids, uh, married Renee, and they had a wonderful marriage and very influential in the life of Angie and me. But um, he uh, took ill and with heart failure died at a somewhat young age, but he finished well. And and I think about a couple of other people I know that um, suddenly, unexpectedly left this world, but they had a great testimony and they finished well. Now, I want to read this verse and I want to think about uh, everybody, myself, 
and you, brother, and every listener, because you might not be a pastor or you might not be, you know, in a position of leadership, you think, but we all are witnesses. If you're a born-again believer, and part of our assignment is to, sure, uh, come to Christ, grow in Christ, live for Christ. But I think one of our assignments, Bert, one of our responsibilities is to, to project a positive witness for Christ as long as we live and even as we die. Now, 1 Peter 5.10 says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Uh, let's, let's pick this verse apart for a little bit. After you have suffered a little while, does it imply that even the best of Christians in this life, there's going to be some struggle and some suffering, isn't it? Suffering is a part of it, and there's two things you got to handle well to finish well, yep. suffering mm-hmm. and success. Oh, wow. Those are the two most dangerous spots. Now, now, do we automatically handle success well? We do not. A lot of people take it on their own. And, uh, you know, success is like being at the mountaintop, and the only direction you can go is down. Wow. And you have to be careful. And uh, how you handle the suffering, being discouraged, uh, blaming, uh, I, I would say comparing well, they're not having to do that. They're not going through that. Others, you yeah, know. Yeah. So suffering can be a point of real discouragement, but also success. Yeah. Look at me. Uh, you know, I've I've done it. And I, again, talking about finishing well, people come into my mind when I think of that. One of those that finished well was Corey Den Boone. Mm-hmm. And uh, when when they were recognizing her, when they made the movie The Hiding Place, yeah. I remember them giving her a I've shared this before, a, a bunch of roses, and she just held them up to the Lord. And Cliff Barra said, what are you doing? She said, I've learned a long time ago, if I'm going to give God the suffering, I've got to give him the success. Oh, and wow. I give this back to him. All praise goes to him. Amen. So, yes, I, it is after you have suffered, yes. Praise the Lord. Well, notice in this verse of First Peter 5.10, uh, there is a past tense aspect of the Christian life. There's a present tense commitment, and there's a future tense promise of the life to come. Past tense, after you have, okay, a present tense. In this life, we do suffer sometimes. Uh, God blesses us with, with blessings and success, but there's also the disciple is to take up his cross and suffer. But there's a future tense promise of the life to come. Christ himself will restore you, will confirm you, will strengthen you, and Christ himself will establish you. And so, uh, you know, I, I look at this. It says, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. I mean, isn't that the all-encompassing um, theme of life, that God called us, God saved us, um, God gives us his grace, and ultimately we are to be uh, conform to the image of Jesus. When you read First Peter, you got to re- remember that who he was writing to was those who were suffering. Very, that, yeah. That's one of the themes of First Peter. And so when he comes to the end of it, chapter 5, verse 10, just four more verses left after that, this is kind of a climactic statement, Alex, that r- these people were hurting. They were suffering beyond measure at this point in time. And uh, they didn't have as much to go on as we do 
you know, the word of God being completed. So this letter to Peter, the him right into that, can you, I know we put it in our, our area in yeah. 2020, but they were receiving it back then. I mean, in the first century, uh, BC, uh, I mean, uh, AD, excuse me, yeah. first century AD. And, and they didn't have that to fall upon the word of God. Yeah. The Holy Spirit was there, but these had to be comforting words when they're going through the stuff, yes. the hard stuff, yes. the difficulty. They get this letter from the apostle Peter who had suffered, was suffering, would suffer, and he had say, Christ himself will restore you. That, that, that is the promise. You know, going back a little bit, like in First Peter 4, listen to this, uh, the word says, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. And it goes on in First Peter four twelve and following. Uh, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning this fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange things had happened, but rejoice. To the extent that you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. Wow. Now, Jesus suffered. He really did. And the, the word of God tells us things that for the cr- crown set before him, he endured the cross for the joy set before him. And there may be some people listening, Bert, and, and they are under a burden. And maybe they feel like they've suffered a long time and they're just almost at the breaking point. Let us urge you to just throw yourself before Jesus, uh, like the Lord told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, and honestly, um, for whatever you need and whatever you're going through and whatever whatever resource you you need right now, God is able and God is willing. And, you know, suffering comes in a lot of ways, physical illness, you know, the, I've, I've met some Dear, dear saints of God, that I mean, they really suffered under a disease or an illness or family issues or prodigal children or financial issues. And, you know, Bert, I think sometimes, um, well, you know, that that evil trifecta, the world, the flesh, the devil, Mm. um, uh, there are a lot of a lot of ways we could blow our testimony. And it seems like I hear just almost every day of preachers that mess up. And, and think about it, a life of service to Christ and, and a reputation of many years can be destroyed by the conduct of a moment. And, and back to the First Peter 5 that says that uh, we are to be conformed because God has called us to his eternal glory. Here, here's my point. Uh, why would we not want to finish well? Because that's what we're really ordained to do. We are. And Speaking of suffering, two things I want to give, Old Testament, New Testament, example besides Peter. Right. In the Old Testament, Jeremiah had basically a whole life of suffering. Yeah. And even in chapter 20, he was cursing the day he was born. He said, cursed be the day in which I was born. Let the day not be blessed in which my mother bore me. Let the man be cursed who brought news to my father, saying a male child's been born, making him very glad. There's going to be times in your life of difficulty, and and Jeremiah, what was he known as? The, the weeping, weeping prophet. prophet. Yeah. Why? Because his life of suffering, the only time it got better, honestly, was when he was taken captive 
and, and you know, and brought down. And finally, he was given some relief by a pagan king, of all things. You know, God did that. Uh, so sometimes people, most of the times it's seasons of suffering, in yeah. and out. <clears throat> there are a few cases yeah. where it seems like they're, part of their ministry is suffering. Listen yeah. to this about the Apostle Paul. And this is after he had been called on the Damascus Road, and, and he's gone to Ananias, and he says, this is what the Lord said, go for he is a chosen vessel. This is Paul about the vessel. He's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Man, doesn't that sound glorious? But yeah. listen to the next verse. Again, Acts 10, 16, red letters, if you have a red letter edition, God speaking to Ananias, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Uh, sometimes there's those that are called for suffering. And if you're one of those, as Alex has said, this is the most difficult time, or if you see your life as a lifelong crucible where God has had you there, uh, you're Alex, can I say this? You're in good company with Amen. a man like Jeremiah. You're in good company with a man like the Apostle Paul. Yes. Seems like theirs was more than just a few seasons in and out. Yes. Although he said, I know, you know, Paul would say, I know how to be a base. I know also how to have great things. It was mainly suffering. We're going to give several of the keys to finishing well and understanding that really suffering problems. These are opportunities to grow in Christ, to earn crowns in heaven, and to learn more about His faithfulness. This is Exploring the Word. Stay tuned. We're back after this. Don't go away. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Just give me Jesus. Well, that's what we're talking about, Alex and I. Uh, this is one of the times that we're preaching and teaching to ourselves. Yes. Because you're listening to two guys who, who have that desire to finish well. And uh, we're talking about different things on how to finish well. Um, we have in scriptures those that did and those that did not finish well, Alex, you know, uh, some that was kind of caught off guard and and then was restored and finished well. I think John Mark is probably one of those. Uh, on the first missionary journey, he kind of got messed up and went back home. We don't know all the reasons why. I, honestly, you know, people have Bible questions they ask us. Most of my questions that I have can't be answered in the Bible. It's uh, I'm either going to have to wait to get to heaven to get an answer or not or not be concerned about it. I always wonder why. Why did John Mark turn around? What was Paul's thorn in the flesh? Yes. And the Bible's People. not clear on that. But here is it is clear. If you're off target right now, and uh, you you were serving God, you started out well, but you've faded, you've fizzled. Uh, you know, guess what? Restoration is possible. Faded, and, fizzled, and fallen. Uh, yeah, hey, there's the other F. I was looking for one. You got it. And so, but if you have, I want to tell you, God is the God of restoration. Uh, that's that's exactly what He said He would do. He says He'll restore. And uh, so, Alex, 
Uh, he'll restore the years that the locusts have eaten. All the scriptures come to my mind. This is just so important that we determine to finish well. And if we feel like we have failed, guess what? I think if you're still breathing, there's hope. Well, amen. I agree. I agree. And again, if you're under a burden right now, lean on Jesus. Maybe you're one that has uh, run off the rails and your your Christian life is not what it ought to be. And, you know, here's a Bible word. We don't hear it preached on enough anymore, but the word backslidden. It's possible for a Christian to stumble and fall. But Bert is absolutely right. If you've got oxygen in your lungs and you're still in the land of the living, your story is not over. Don't just think, well, um, it's too late for me. No. Now, I want to say this. Finishing well depends on starting well. And this thing of finishing the Christian life and leaving a great legacy for Jesus, for one thing, you need to make sure that you're saved. And so we want to say from the get-go here, make sure that you're really born again and that there was a time and a place when you opened your heart to Christ and were saved. And I'm going to assume that most people listening to this program probably have made that decision. But but let's talk about several of the prerequisites uh, for completing well your journey for the Lord. First of all, finishing well requires desire. And Bert, you know, I think about those wonderful words in Matthew 25, 23, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Friend, you want to hear that. Have this desire in your heart that when you leave this world, as we all will, that when you face Jesus, as we all will, he'll be able to look at you and say, well done, a life well lived. Amen. When he says that, it follows with, you've been faithful. He doesn't say successful. Right. And and if we're not careful, uh, we will compare ourselves to others and and that can be discouraging. Yes. I listen. Uh, I know what it is to be discouraged. I know what it is to see, quote, what others are doing and yeah. kind of not being there. Uh, I've experienced some yeah. of that in my life. Satan can use comparison to really cause you to want to throw in the towel and say, what's the use? I don't have anything to offer. Yeah. Yes, you do. God has saved you. Uh, that doesn't mean that you are, you know, you're equipped with all the the great tools to have success in this world, but he has equipped you to be faithful in Amen. this world. And what does he reward more than anything else, Alex? Faithfulness. It is, and we need to know that. We need to preach that. And, you know, I really fear that in the American church, and, and hey, I love America and I love the church in America. But we are bad to be competitive. Uh, I've got a friend out of Oklahoma, Rick Renner. He and his wife have been in Moscow for 32, 33 years. And he went to be a missionary in Russia when it was during the Cold War. And he has led thousands and thousands to Christ. He's not famous. Uh, But he's led many uh, KGB agents to the Lord. And I think about the massive work for the Great Commission in Russia uh, in poverty, hardship, and bitterly cold winters. Uh, I think about a pastor. I was at a meeting in North Carolina. One of the Baptist associations had a meeting, and they honored a man who just retired from 55 years in the ministry. In 55 years, he pastored four little Baptist churches, and uh, he— is not famous and has his name has never been 
on the cover of a book or in a headline of a newspaper article. But this man has finished well and has been successful. And it just may be the way that we look at the world and the way that we measure success is very different than the way God does. And and I, I guess I would just say, avoid the temptation for seeking great things for yourself. Now, use your gifts. Work hard. To invest. Be everything you can be for Jesus. But, Bert, isn't there a difference between wanting to be a faithful steward versus wanting to make a name for yourself? Altogether, completely two different things. And Jesus talked about that. If you remember, he, he got on to the Pharisees because what were they doing? They were saying their prayers out before everyone. And when they show. were fasting, they would make sure everybody could look at their face and know that they were fasting. And Jesus said, don't make it a public. If you're going to do that, get off by yourself. He used the word closet. Get get there at an isolated place. And, you know, that's the whole idea of what God is doing. Uh I, I know the story of a na- lady named Kelly Bruce. She was a third-grade teacher at Wheeler Elementary School where I went. She retired before I got her, but she'd make—this is when before the Supreme Court outlawed all the things that you can't do in a public school. All the kids had to memorize a Bible verse every week. My brother, his most famous br- uh, verse was Jesus wept. And uh-huh. She got him to memorize some more. But anyway, uh, she retired. She still taught— preschoolers in in Sunday school at my church where I grew up. And my wife, Jan, after Miss Kelly Bruce quit, uh, before Jan married, she started teaching that class of preschoolers, you know, three-year-olds, and making an impact on them with Miss Kelly Bruce. She told her friends, she said, and it's another word for finishing well, Mm -hmm. she said, I want to die in the saddle. Amen. And uh, so if you're kind of a guy that grew up <laughs> back in watching Gunsmoke and The Rifleman and Wanted Dead or Alive and all those Western shows, uh, you want to die in the saddle. That's yeah. another way of finishing well. And so, Alex, the answer is we can. We can. And if, But if we are looking for a name ourselves, not only will happen, but most of the time disappointments will happen mm-hmm. because we're looking for a name, yes. a limelight. Uh, what you want to do is your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, and then you want it written down, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You want that checked when Amen. you check into heaven. Well, finishing well requires desire. Finishing well requires dedication. Remember, Paul said, I die daily. And do you know what? Um, sometimes we have these mountaintop experiences, and, and God gives us those sometimes. Maybe you've been to a service, and you were so moved by the Holy Spirit, or maybe you went to an altar, and you just had an intense time with the Lord, and that is wonderful. But, Bert, as I understand the Christian life now, uh, being saved about 32, 33 years, being married 30 years, uh, being in the ministry um, <laughs> 30 years, Um, you've got to every day, again, make that choice that I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a child of the King, I represent the Lord, and I'm going to do it well to the best of my abilities. So you've got to recommit yourself uh, every day, maybe sometimes multiple times per day. So there's got to be a dedication to, because here's the thing, Um, as as St. Francis of Assisi said, 
at any given moment, any Christian should always be ready to preach, pray, or die. Mm. Um, Jim Davis, a dear friend, the first donation we ever got for the ministry, we were doing a youth rally in 1997. Uh, Jim and Beverly Davis gave us a donation. Jim had a roofing company, very godly man. Um, He loved his wife for 40 years, had a roofing company, went out of business, went back in business. Um, I think in his entire life, he was a member of a couple of churches and just very unexpectedly fell over dead with a heart attack. And uh, it was my honor to preach his funeral. But the thing is, Jim uh, finished well. And, you know, he had some hard knocks. He really did. But he's a guy, and I guess the reason I've been thinking about this is we've had several uh, close friends and brothers and colleagues that have, they woke up and they did not know this would be the last day they would wake up. So there's got to be dedication yeah. and always be ready. Friend, be be aware this might be your last day mm-hmm. on earth. We need to know that we're a living sacrifice, according to what Paul said in Romans chapter 12. Now, when a sacrifice was put on an altar, they had what is called the flesh hooks to hold them there. Oh, okay. And we, to be a living sacrifice, we need some hooks. And one of them is dedication. Guess what the other one is? Discipline. Mm-hmm. Dedication without discipline will lead to failure. Yeah. You, you've got to discipline yourselves daily. Paul talked about it, yeah. that he disciplined himself as a boxer, as a runner. He would use all these athletic yeah. uh, analogies, you know, yeah. to, to put himself in those positions. And so to keep ourselves on the living altar, and I, I hear folks, well, that's the Old Testament. Yeah, but when Jesus, when Paul's talking about a living sacrifice, yeah. uh, it is an altar of for God that yeah. we present ourselves to Him, living. Yes, we're the Bible says living stones. Sacrifices are supposed to be dead. Uh, stones are supposed to be dead. But guess what God does? He brings them to life. A yes. living sacrifice, a living stone. What He talked about, Peter. But the things that keep us there is that dedication. I am dedicated to Christ. But the other one is disciplining ourselves to do so, Alex, yes. that we mind our thoughts. What's the Bible say? Guard your heart. Yes. And, and For out of it flows the issues is, of life. Exactly. If you don't guard your heart, I just want to tell you, uh, you can be dedicated all you want to, but you have to have the discipline to guard your heart. Don't let it be moved to the left or to the right. Joshua said he was going to do straight and live straight. I got another sermon, a lot of sermons dealing with this, and one of them is stay out of the dish, ditches on the sides of the road. Oh, wow. In other that's words, good. in the road, there's going to be curves. There's going to be some hairpin curves that's going to take you in a completely different direction than you thought you were going on, oh, yeah. this, on this journey of yeah. following the Lord, but you keep it out of the ditches. Stay between them. There's going to be a little bit of wobbling along the way, you yes, know? Yes, yes. Uh, but during that wobbling, have you noticed this? Another day is direction. Oh, wow. You, you want yeah. to keep your face looking unto Jesus, the author and finishers of our faith. What does that mean? That means we're headed in the right direction. And so I'm asking people who are listening, are you headed in the right direction? Have you been saved? Did you say earlier? Have you committed your life to Christ and say, Lord, here I am, send me? 
as you know, yeah. uh, that's what we need to do. We need to serve him, Alex, and it does take dedication and discipline. Well, that, you know, one of the reasons we we always challenge people to have a daily devotional, and you know, nowadays, oh my goodness, I, I'm old school. I like to you know get open windows or or our daily bread, the little booklet. But there's apps on the phone, and there's websites, and we encourage you every day to have some of that time. I like to do it when I first get up before the the busyness of the day has clouded my mind. Honestly, give the Lord a special time of your day where you quietly uh, pray. Um, I know you've heard of John Stott. Yes. And and John Stott uh, was a great thinker and a great theologian, and I'm pretty sure he's passed away. I think he did. Not too long ago, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. But um, at 29, he got a pastorate in England that was a, a grand, just a huge church. And suddenly at 29, he had a lot of success and um, you know, great ministry position. Well, he he felt like it was just becoming too much. And so about every 10th day, he would spend an entire day in solitude. And, you know, um, there were several books that came out a few years ago by um, Dallas Willard and Richard J. Foster on discipline, spiritual disciplines. Now, we're talking about, um, you know, the dedication of right. finishing well and disciplines of reading and memorizing Scripture. Disciplines of prayer, disciplines of fasting, uh, disciplines of worship. And there is one discipline you don't hear it much, but it's the discipline of solitude. And John, uh, John Stott um, was one of these guys uh, that, and J.I. Packer too, they would get quiet and, and hear the Lord. And, uh, you know, I, I think about these disciplines that we have to, um, you know, build into our life. And, Maybe for you taking 15 minutes in the morning before you go to work or start your day to pray, to read a devotional, that might sound daunting. And and you say, how am I going to do that for a year? Well, you don't do it a year at a time. You just do it today. And days make weeks and weeks make months and months make years. So don't just think about, oh, I can't maintain this for the next decade. You don't have to do it. You don't have the next decade, but you've got today. And Bert, um, it might sound very simple, but for Angie and me, reading a devotional book, and we've been through Oswald Chambers, and oh, me. there's so many good ones, but start this life of finishing well by do, doing little things now today. Stay in the saddle, read the word, pray, witness, serve, uh, and just trust him. Yeah. Trust him. We're going to be back with more right after the break. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bert Harper, Alex McFarland, and we are talking about finishing well. I do want to remind you, this is a pre-recorded show because Bert and I are probably on the road traveling somewhere, and so we can't take a lot of phone calls today. But you know what you can do on the website, AFR.net, as in AmericanFamilyRadio.net. There's archive shows. There's all kinds of great programming, and there's podcasts and 
just so much. Uh, and we would encourage you. Maybe you want to pass this message on to somebody. It would be, you know, something that would lift somebody up and you can, you know, forward the link and things like that. And uh, just check out all the great resources that the American Family Association has. There's a wonderful magazine called the AFA Journal that is just phenomenal. And there's EngageMagazine.net, and there's a lot. Isn't it exciting for all ages, from children, and there's great videos and programming, to uh, 20-somethings, to married couples, to adults. At every age, at every stage, the ministry has something to encourage you in your walk and your witness with Jesus. Yes, and for children, Ryan DeFredes. Uh, Those they, things are so cool. They are, they are. Grandchildren love that. And so go to afastore.net, and the American Family Studios are producing doc- documentaries that are just awesome about the Word of God and the ministry that God has. And yeah. so God has expanded AFA into a multi-task uh, ministry. Uh, yes, the radio has become the voice, you know, yeah. but we've got a lot there that strengthens us and helps us along the way. And so we, we desire and we pray that AFA, we would finish well, that we would stay strong, that we would not be sidetracked, uh, but that we would keep our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and his and, and the freedom to preach the gospel. Amen. You, you know, it's been a blessing. I'm on the road preaching a lot, which I love to do. I'm so thankful. But um, in recent months, several of the things you and I have done have been in the AFA Journal you and I did a study on Proverbs, and then you and I have done a few times uh, the book of Genesis, and people would come up to me and they'd say, you know, oh my goodness, I was reading the magazine and I saw where some of the recordings that Alex and Bert did are in there. And so we just give God the glory. We really do. And individually, as a family, corporately, as a church and this ministry, listen, uh, just purpose in your heart that in all of the aspects of your walk and your witness, you're going to finish well. And uh, so we talked about the fact that there's got to be a desire to finish well. There's got to be a dedication. I want to talk about finishing well requires discernment. And there is a certain vigilance that I think we have to maintain, always monitoring. And let me be clear here, Bert. I'm not talking about being paranoid or something like that. There's a peace we are secure in Jesus. We rest in Jesus. There's just a joy and a peace within our soul. But at the same time, I do think there's a certain um, mindfulness that we have to maintain. I'm just talking about me here, Bert, but I'm always trying to ask myself, am, am I really praying? Am I really being grateful? Am, am I really being mindful of how good the Lord has been to me? Oh, man. Um, am I mindful of who God wants me to talk to and what ministry opportunities God has put in front of me. So I think as a steward and as a servant of the Lord, don't we have to have discernment and always walk into each day with our the eyes of a disciple? I would agree completely. And uh, the Word of God is the way to do this. Now, I do believe God gives special discernment at special times for people when they're in a position to really need that and know that. I believe his Holy Spirit can give that as a gift. Now, whether it's a lifetime gift or not, I don't know, but I do know people who have the capacity to have 
you know, they're sharp. And, and they said, no, that's a wrong turn. And I thank God for them. They've helped me and they've come to me and given me a warning. But I, I, for Bert Harper, I have to stay in the Word of God. Yeah. I have to stay in the Bible, discipline myself to stay in the Bible, to have discernment of what God desires for me to do and what God desires for me to avoid because this discernment has direction in our life. And so, and, and I, I found out the other thing for me to have the right kind of discernment is thankfulness, Alex. Uh, if I do not develop the spirit of thankfulness, of gratitude, uh, I do become that paranoid, that discernment that I desire becomes issues of, of completely mistrust and not trust in the Lord. And so the one that we want to finish well, we must have discernment because God wants us to finish well, and we must guard our hearts, uh, we must monitor our actions, and, and we need to look at our lifestyle every day, uh, not not just on Sundays, uh, you know, uh, the person that says, well, I go and get filled up on Sunday and that lasts me all the week. Um, uh, I, my, my weeks are too long. I, 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 need, gotta have I need the Lord uh, in his word. And, you know, different people are fed emotionally and spiritually a little differently. But I want to just tell you, it will always be a part. The word of God will always be a part of that. Yes. Even the people that music just blesses them. And, and I know folks, and I'm one of them, music really touches my soul uh, a lot. To be unmusical as I am, I it, it blesses me beyond measure. I yeah. guess what you don't have and can't produce, you appreciate a little bit more. Yeah. So I appreciate that. But I can tell you the songs that bless my heart are those that's based upon Scripture. When I hear a scripture song based upon the word of God, it's like feeding my soul double because I'm getting the word of God and I'm getting it this this melody in my heart. And you say that doesn't work. Yes, David did. Yes, what would he do to calm Saul, his enemy? He'd he'd use his heart and his yeah. his songs and he, he would praise the Lord. He'd get so out his guitar. He, <laughs> yes, he would. So find those things that feed your soul. Yes. Feed your soul and your mind. Now I want to tell you, your soul won't be fed without your mind being fed. They go hand in hand. Uh, yesterday, I went to a church here in Tupelo as I was not preaching, and I got to go to a church, and the pastor there just fed my soul Amen. from Romans chapter 7, yeah. and it was a blessing to hear that. And I sat there, and I knew on this Sunday, my, Jan and I were talking about it, I said, I just know God's laid aside this Sunday, not for me to preach, but for me to be in the pew receiving his word. Yeah. And God just blessed me, and 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 I went away from there, more uh, uh, you know built up in the faith than I would have if I'd have preached. Alex, God knows what we need and when we need it, doesn't He? Well, He really does. And you know, one of those people that we quote a lot is Charles Spurgeon. Spurgeon said, "Discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong; it is knowing the difference between right and almost right." <laughs> <laughs> now, there, there. I think a lot of times in our Christian life, we we settle for the adequate when we could have had the best, mm. you know. And and this thing of discernment, hearing that still small voice, um, I really think it's something you've got to cultivate. And the more you um, are intimately 
quiet with God, the more regularly you'll be able to feel that little The more time you spend with God, the more times you recognize his voice. Exactly. Sometimes people have asked me, a lot of young people, and and I'm thrilled when they ask this question, they'll say, how do you know you're in the will of God? And and I'll say, well, you know, we we know the will of God is that we live a, a righteous life. We forsake sin. We know that it's God's will to commune with us, and, and we pray, and then we read his word. Uh, I'll tell you, that here's a way to know that you're in the will of God, to, to be very knowledgeable about when you're out of the will of God. I mean, let me say this. Every now, we all, we lose our temper. We say things we ought not say, you know. I know when I'm drifting, and that prompts me to get my heart right. Um, most highways now along the shoulder of the road, they have these little indentations they've put in the pavement. So if you're driving, and I was driving out on 78 yesterday coming to Tupelo, and um, if you drift off the lane, you'll hear that tire go. In Mississippi, they're real close. Uh, I've noticed the states around Mississippi, they give six inches. They don't give that six inches before you get to that rub board, as I call it, in Mississippi. See, that's a good thing because you hear that sound and you know that you need to get back in your lane. One of the ways to know the will of God is to be very sensitive to recognize if you're drifting out of the will of God. Good point. And so to finish well requires desire and dedication, and it requires discernment. But I want to say this as we uh, begin to really kind of wrap up. To finish well requires a decision. I mean— I think about the biographies of great leaders that I've read and and looked up to, like Billy Graham and Jerry Falwell. I would encourage you, seek out a book called Strength for the Journey and the, the great man that built Liberty University and Thomas Road Baptist Church. And um, Like a lot of people in the Bible, the, the people that God used made a decision. I think about James Dobson. He, he was in college with his cousin, H.B. London, H.B. is with the Lord now. But they, as young men, made a decision that they were going to serve the Lord. H.B. pastored for decades and was hugely influential in my life. Did you know H.B. London? I met him two times. Uh, Great man of God. Yes. Dr. Dobson, uh, (laughs) he went into psychology, and he was head of pediatric psychology at UCLA, UCLA Medical School. USC, wasn't it? USC, you're yeah, right. University yeah, of Southern he's California. USC. Yeah. USC, you're right. You know what? Because that's part of his email. You're yeah, right. It you is are, USC. It's USC. Um, but <laughs> and that's not the University of South Carolina either. That's no, Southern no. California. Go ahead. But, but then, of course, built great ministries, but it was a decision. Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself. 1 Peter 3.15 says, set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. In other words, make a decision, and maybe right now. Maybe God is calling you today to, to make a decision with God's help and for God's glory that you're going to finish well. And, and Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, look, you've, you've had mountaintops and valleys. You've had good days, bad days. We all do. And maybe you're, you're thinking, well, I've done this. I should have done that better. Forget it. Past is past. But right now, present and future, you're going to give your heart to Jesus you're going to say, Lord, help me to finish well. Because um, as uh, Wendy Bagwell sang, we know not when the silent reaper comes, 
I mean, we just don't know. We don't know when, when it's going to happen. But friend, for God, for family, for your own testimony, for your witness and the, the legacy you leave behind. Uh, Jay Strack, one of my, I love Jay Strack. He said, everybody is going to either make a mark or leave a scar. One or the other. So finish well. I, I'm going to use a cliche, but it fits. Decisions determine destiny. Mm. And we're That's talking true. about finishing well. What is your destiny? I know what God's desire for your destiny is. It's heaven. It's also for you when you get there, for him to say to you, well done, you good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I may make you master over many. I don't know everything that means, you know, yeah. in the present or the hereafter. I don't know. But I do know that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Yes. And so during this time that we are living our lives in the middle, uh, the middle is tough, you know. When I was taking sermon preparation, you know, mm. and uh, they talk about the finish. You, you want to get their attention when you start off, and you want to draw them in at the finish. But what about the middle? The middle is where you lose them if you're not careful. Most of the time, people are ready to hear you when you start preaching or your life. Yeah. They're watching you. You've made your decision for Christ as a follower of his, and it was a it was a real decision, a heartfelt decision. You say, well, it's more than a decision. I understand that, but it's still a decision yes. to change your mind, to go in a different direction. It's still there, and they're watching you. And, and yeah, Isn't that maybe the hardest part? That may be, but that middle part, Alex, when nobody's watching. I remember in college, you know, I had my freshman year, had my senior year, uh, freshman year was, you know, I had to get acquainted to college. Yeah. My senior year, I had to put on some subjects. Okay, I didn't get that one. I got to get it in. But I remember that sophomore and junior year, right in the middle, you know, those are tough times. That's the time you better be on point. Yeah. And when you're swimming and you're going from one place to another and you get right in the middle, it's no need of turning around because it's just as far to get back from where you started as it is to where you're going. Yes. You finish the race, and it takes that decision, that determination, as you said, that desire, that discernment. Yes, I, it's not the time. So finish well. One more thing, and I'll turn it back to you. It's a journey, oh, and yeah. it's a marathon. If you think about a race, when you started off, you was talking about finishing well. On the sprinters, have you noticed how most of them do? They're leaning forward because they're trying to get their chest out there, their head out there to cross the finish line first. But in a marathon, have you noticed how they're really not all stacked up? In the marathon runners, it's usually one or two at the beginning and one or two that come in. They're not all finishing at the same time where you have to have a camera to see who crossed the finish line first. We're in a marathon, yeah, and it, it's going to be a journey, and that's where God wants us. And praise God, make that decision to follow him and follow him the rest of your life. You know, part of daily carrying the cross, sure, it's to forgive people that hurt you, and it's to uh, uh, commit yourself to Christ afresh and anew. But look, when you're tempted, uh, when the devil is trying 10,000 ways to get you off track— Keep your eyes on Jesus, the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory. He's going to strengthen you, establish you, settle you. Hey, we want to challenge you. Finish well for Jesus. And if you've gotten off track, 
Get back in the track. Get Amen. back in the race. Run that race and run it well with your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. <laughs>